This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 371, Legacy Games and New UX. Good afternoon, Michael Rowe here. It's Friday, which means I am happy to be here with my friend and co-host, Michael Martin, to talk technology, games, uh, oh, and talk work. To heck with it. Just technology and games. Let's do it. Michael, yeah, you? we've got all kinds of technology and games, and we've been away from all of you for a week, and we're sorry for that, but we are back. We are back in force, and uh, while we're missing Andy, um, we do have a number of things that came from him and from others, and let's get right to it. So, Michael, you were away last week on a um, yes. stay education opportunity um, because you were not traveling, yes. but you were learning, Ooh. learning, learning, learning. I was having what I call my education vacation i do this every year i've been doing it gosh how many years have lots I been doing this I, at least five more it, it's at least five it's been before that but usually before that i couldn't do it right that week right either because i had a a work conference that always happened that week in orlando uh-huh. which was so fun to be in a hundred something degree weather with 99 percent humidity walking between buildings in a suit <laughs> yeah, suits. I remember those days. So, so yeah, you remember those days. Yeah. So this was so much much more fun. Um, so last week, as if you don't know, this happened last week. You don't ever listen to our <laughs> podcast or any other tech podcast. But last week was Apple's Worldwide Yay! Developer Conference. Uh, as I'm sure by the time you listen to our show, you'll have heard about it ad nauseum from other shows. That's okay. Um, what I do is I get on Pacific Coast time. Uh, and I plan my days to spend eight to ten hours a day going through the content that is released every day from WWDC. And uh, it gives me kind of a roadmap for things I might want to do over the summer uh, in improving my apps mm-hmm. that I have. Uh, and uh, last week was uh, as good as they get. Right, lots of cool, fun technology. Uh, Apple showed off. Uh, they announced uh, some hardware, which they don't do True. very often. Uh, they announced the M2 chip in the new MacBook mm-hmm. Air and uh, Pro. They announced, uh, yeah, the yeah, it's in, is it, it is thirteen inch Pro. Thirteen inch Pro. It's the thirteen. I, no, I don't. With the about. with the Touch Bar. So you get to keep the touch bar. I, yeah. I like the touch bar. I do, too. I like the touch bar. I know most people hate it, but I like it. Uh, I'm still waiting. I almost pulled the trigger on a new MacBook Pro 16-inch with the M1 uh, a few mm, months back. But you held off. Uh, I've held off. Now that the 2 is announced, it'll probably be another year before the 16-inch <laughs> is available. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, so lots of lots of cool stuff there. Um, the most exciting things, and we'll have a link. Uh, I, I did a daily blog. Uh, I also did a, uh, uh, a breakout of each of the key presentations on the first day as separate blog entries. So one for the keynote, uh, one for the uh, State mm-hmm. of the Union. Yep. The developer state of the union, which is actually the real yes. keynote, right? 
uh, and then one for the design awards, the Apple design winners, uh, of which I think I looked at I, like three or four of that I had actually used over the last year. Uh, fun, fun stuff. Uh, so we'll have links to all those blog posts, et cetera, in the show note. But I just wanted to hit on a couple of things that I thought were really cool coming, uh, hopefully, this fall, uh, but more than likely within the next 12 months. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Is no VR glasses. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So all uh, those people however, who thought they're coming, they were wrong. I was ready to, I was ready to write a check. You know, give me yeah. the developer kit. I was well, ready to write. I a remember. Check. Uh, but but I think it's coming still within mm. the next twelve months, mm-hmm. uh, because there are all kinds of cool things that were announced. That if you take them in the context of I'm in a VR space or an AR space, they really like make dictation. A lot of sense. The first, uh, no? no, the first of which is uh, the the feature that they call oh, stage yeah. manager. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you have an M1 iPad Pro, and yes, there's a lot of people complaining, well, why can't you do it on the previous iPad Pro? You can't, okay? (laughs) They don't want you to. M1 iPad Pro. (laughs) Or a modern Mac. Um, There's the ability to have a new way of multitasking that allows you to have a sidebar of running or background apps on the left-hand side of the screen, or if you were Apple, you'd say on the leading edge of the screen, mm. because I assume in a you know left-to-right versus right-to-left language, it was swap oh, sides. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because all the, for those of you who are not familiar with Swift UI, uh, Apple's UI elements don't define left and right, they define leading and trailing. Oh, nifty. And so mm-hmm. when you are in a UX uh, that's impacted by, you know, natural language, uh, not natural language, sorry, uh, internationalization, um, localization information, it will swap the sides automatically and you don't have to change your code at all. Anyway, so if you think about it, you have your main application or applications up to four on the iPad Pro on the display running multitasking. Mm-hmm all in memory, all at the same time. And then on the right-hand side, you have, I think it's four or six groups of background things, okay? And you can group them. So for example, uh, you may have played around with full screen apps on the iPad and have two of them connected together. So the left-hand side would be like Safari, the right-hand side would be your email, right? And then you slide over and you would have the left-hand side would be, you know, iTunes and the right-hand side, or music, and the right-hand side would mm-hmm. be the Notes app, right? Just sure. standard apps, right? Or the left-hand side is wasted time, and the right-hand side is the holiday card tracker, if you're using my personal apps. <laughs> okay. And so you could minimize those over to the sidebar, have your four apps up, and if you click on the sidebar, those four apps would be then grouped into a group and minimized to the sidebar. And whatever one or two or up to four apps that were in one of those blobs on the leading edge of your display. Not the feeding up. edge. Right. Because that is a blog. Uh, and if you, if you 
take an iPad Pro and extend it by connecting it to an external monitor, you now have two separate and distinct monitors, the one on the iPad and the external one, where you now can have four more apps running plus a set of sidebars. So on a modern M1 based Mm -hmm. iPad Pro, you can have eight apps running in real time, so not background mode, on the screen at the same time between the two displays, plus all the things hidden on the right, uh, minimized on the left-hand side into these little sidebar groupings. So, now, so think about the user experience in AR. You want the stuff that you're working on right where you see it, and then off to the side, you can see the things and perhaps use a gesture to tap them to bring them forward. In your peripheral vision. In your peripheral vision. I think that's why that is different than all the other ways that you can multitask on a Mac or an iPad. It's the precursor for what the UX might look like in an AI, AR. in a, in a yeah. virtual reality or augmented so reality space. So question for you, Michael, because you've seen a little bit more, certainly more than I have here. Um, given the iPad capability for sidecar, can you have a Mac, a, an external monitor, and your iPad running in a sidecar fashion, which now gives you two different places for s- the stage manager to operate? Well, you know, that's a good question. I have not tried running sidecar. So, so for those who are not familiar, sidecar is using an external iPad as an additional monitor right. to a Mac. Okay, that's all it is. And what usually happens is when you kick off sidecar, the entire UI of the iPad becomes an extension. Yeah, an it's an extension, monitor. if you will. It yeah. could be an extension or a or a mirroring of one of the monitors mm. that you have on your Mac. Okay, so could you take that extension and turn on um, Stage Manager, which would shrink it down slightly and give you the 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 other apps running on the left hand side? I have not tried that. That's a good. Yeah, that would we'll be fun. That. But because I turned on Stage Manager on my mm-hmm. iMac too, and it cleans up the desktop. So if you have a lot of icons on your desktop, yeah. those get hidden. <laughs> uh, unless you click on the desktop, then the app that's running or the apps that are running get minimized and put over on the left hand side, and you mm-hmm. see the desktop mm-hmm. with all its little icons. So, so that's number one. Number two of why I think AR is coming within the next year um, has to do with uh, an app that I shared some output of to yourself and Andy over the last week and a half, uh, which is um, a new API that Apple showed a demo app with it called uh, Room Plan or something like that. And it's in my blog posts. Uh, Using an iPhone or an iPad with the um, LiDAR built into it in about 30 seconds by literally just pointing my camera forward and rotating around the room a little bit, I got a fully rendered three-dimensional map of my room and it identified common room objects like chairs and tables, windows and doors and turn those into a UDZ phone. Oh. Okay? So it was really fast and really accurate. So now that means 
They have the technology based off of the cameras that are on the iPhone to quickly and easily map the room and generate a virtual three-dimensional space with objects. And then the third part of why I think AR is coming is something that they did on the iPhone home screen. And they also did this with uh, the Photos app. And what that is, is the ability for objects to understand the depth map and allow you to put things in front of other things. And the way that shows up on the home screen is you can do a picture and pull the, it will take the person and put them on a different layer than the background. And so the widgets that you can now put on the, the, the lock screen can be put on the right behind layer. the person, for example, behind the person as mm-hmm. an example. So, so we have object detection, we have layering or occlusion, and we have a UI experience that all kind of lend themselves to a VR AR set of glasses. They're putting the pieces publicly in place. That's what I got out of WWDC. Oh, and by the way, uh, new car makers had the ability to replace their entire dash with CarPlay. Yeah, I saw that too. Which, if you haven't seen those demos, those are. And who do you think will be first? Oh, gosh. Well, it won't be Tesla. I think it'll be BMW. They have a very tight relationship hmm. with Apple. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see the the, yeah. the the demos of the dashboard for the car running through the phone line up really nicely with what you and I have been talking about, Andy, for, for years now of you don't yep. need to have the onboard telemetry, compute power, et cetera, attached to the car. You just need a place to show what's going on. And, and the, the phone exactly. with its connection can be dynamically updated, da, 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 da. So, yes. Yeah, it's much easier to update the phone than it is to update, you know, BIOS, uh, you know, right, code exactly, and and um, the 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 view of having a super big screen that you can now evaluate and leverage as a dashboard to me um, almost begins to borderline on it's way too customizable, and the dis- yeah the distraction element of it just is like way too much and it also the temptation is going to be to just have a bunch of things on there that that aren't necessarily conducive to driving the car driving yeah as as you and i've discussed before about you know drinking or eating in a car it's It's not not a a cafe it's It's a car car. that's right (laughs) and it's it's not an entertainment room it's a car you're there to drive however uh the um i, I test drove a couple of years back one of the new mercedes e-classes that had mm. that full yeah i remember that one mm-hmm. across the yep, whole yep. front of the car um so i can see that again the hardware's in place this is just software now so i i expect realistically this will be used by um mid-tier uh cars that are trying to distinguish themselves mm-hmm between other mid-tier cars um but i do believe based off of you know historical relationship between apple and bmw they might actually do something like a limited edition vehicle that has that or one one model uh that gives you that ability huh well really really intriguing michael and this this shows that um you've made great use of your time 
in the past week to really understand and pull things together. So um, we are hurtling toward the future, aren't we, in a lot of ways? <laughs> At 55. Oh, wait a minute. I can't drive 55. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're not done with some of the new things that have been um, updated with with Apple from WWDC. We had a tweet here from Jonathan Wright um, about a mechanism to mount, uh, just 3D print it, mount your iPhone on top of your MacBook, oh. which will then allow yes. you to leverage the camera, which is a pretty, pretty darn camera. good on an iPhone to improve the visual experience for your video calls um, through continuity cameras. Exactly, that's the capability that, that uh, has been described. And it's cool that um, you don't have to wait for to buy something because if you have a 3D printer at home, you could print this and then just hook it on the edge of your, your MacBook. Um, the, the thing that struck me about this, Michael, is uh, if, if our listeners are like you and me, and I, many of them are, um, <laughs> Many of them are. You're on video calls a lot. They're all named yeah, Michael. Well, there's that too. But you're on video calls a lot. So the way I was thinking about this is that you not only have to mount the camera, your phone, on top of your machine with the, the big camera, the back camera, pointing towards you. So you get the very best uh, photo and video experience. But you're also going to have to plug the darn thing in. Because you're, yeah, you're, I know you don't have to, but you're going to chew through your battery right quick. Just think about it. Not if you, no, right? You know, what if you had an always-on display on an iPhone, uh, and so it just shut off the display? It doesn't need to burn the yeah, display. But the display's not facing you. I, I would just have to imagine that could you do uh, a 10 to 12-hour day without having the phone plugged in? Well, hopefully you're not really doing 12 hours. Yeah, hopefully not. But there's a lot of people that do. And then you'd have to think that the continuity camera capability, how's that for alliteration for you out there, um, would have a mechanism to let you know when your battery is about to drop. Because the camera uh, of the phone and and the mount probably would obscure a little bit the camera on your MacBook or in your monitor or something like that. If it Uh, actually sits up above it. Quite nicely, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a printout because I don't have my printer anymore. Uh, so I'm trying to get an example of it. But uh, what they showed on some of the mounts, um, at least the ones that might eventually mm-hmm. become products, um, were pretty cool. And and I did test this feature. Um, it was kind of cool. I was you know it's it's actually one of those magical features that just worked. Um, it just becomes another camera, right? So if you're using Zoom or WebEx or Teams or you know. Pick your favorite thing, uh, FaceTime. It just becomes another camera. Right, and and why not? You just select whichever camera that you want, and then off you go. And the cool part was the demonstration mode where it takes the wide-angle mm-hmm. lens and turns that into something that di- is looking at an angle down at where your hands are by your oh. keyboard or in front of your keyboard. So you could do your own cooking show. Dynamically skews it. Keystones so it. So it's flat looking like as if Keystone it's overhead correction. Yeah. instead mm-hmm. of at an angle. Yep. And then it creates that as a separate app so you can share that app. So you can have your face through the video and that other app, which is the other camera on the on the iPhone, demonstrating what you're what you're showing. So we could do, you know, 
gamesatwork.biz uh, video edition where we can play chess on a regular chessboard and we could play across and see us. one another and see our hands see the hand on the so you couldn't you, if you lift your hand off the piece you've made the move you know that's that's a uh, very vr too isn't it because you could see your hands uh-huh, uh-huh. you could see your hands <laughs> see this is all coming together so if if only there was some way to use your hand to to really control the world around you. Yeah, well, th- there are, and and um, this is not a gesture kind of structure, but um, there's an article that uh, caught our attention the past week from Cult of Mac, and this particular startup is called Humane, and the notion here is about taking advantage of high compute power and wearables to create augmented reality experiences, not through goggles, but through presentation um, and transmission using your hand as a canvas. So the the examples of this this article show you recognizing that you might wanna change the temperature. You look down at your hand, you can see what the temperature is and move it up or down, or use a calculator in the palm of your hand, mm-hmm. or Use it for wayfinding. What a novel idea, using a calculator. Yeah, but it's a virtual one. It's kind of like that virtual keyboard that you had that projected down on your desk and you just typed on your desk, right? Yeah. So it's an interesting thing here. Um, And uh, apparently, according to this article, there's a a number of ex-Apple people that are involved in this particular environment. And um, you may have seen this, too, if you scroll down enough, because, Michael, you and I worked upon this once upon a time, too. The notion oh, yeah, of repairing the, the, the a car, check. right? You know, oh, yeah. hey. Wha- Think of it, it's like crib notes. You have them on your hand. Yeah, oh, okay. and then it, it, it has the ability to now display it. So the, um, yep. the presentation mode of how that displays out will be an interesting thing, too, because now you have a transmission element of the wearable. So, you know, I don't know how to imagine it would work. You know, it could be like something, a headlamp you have on your head that now projects out. Okay, that's a, that could be a little goofy looking, but shoot, people wear hard hats all the time in industrial scenarios, so why not? You know, or it could be things like glasses. Yep, yeah, just like that, Michael. Or it could be glasses. That's a headlamp for those on yeah, our video feed. That uh, that project out. And so instead of projecting into your eyes, they're projecting out, and you just are seeing what you know to yep. see. So uh, have a look at this. This is really cool stuff if you haven't had a chance to, it is to see. Cool. Um, we've got probably way too many things for even today because <laughs> for the next few minutes. Yeah, but but it was it was <laughs> it was good to get that rundown on um, on where we're heading in terms of 3D internet, metaverse, uh, augmented reality, and the like. And um, a tweet came across our feeds. Uh, thank you, Ian. Referenced him a little earlier today too, uh, from uh, the folks over at VentureBeat who wrote very simply, um, McKinsey doesn't pull practical jokes, they mean business. And according to a recent McKinsey report, the metaverse environment could reach five trillion, that's trillion with a T, in value by 2030. And last time I checked, that's only eight years away, for those of you listening in the future. so, so you mean there's going to be four more albums? Yeah, something, something like that. So, <laughs> start putting it in, in perspective. Right? That that seems yeah. really achievable. 
Yeah, you know, years. it could be there. But it, what was what was intriguing to me, and I did read a little bit of the material behind this already, are many of the things, again, Michael, you, Andy, myself, Ian, a whole range of other people have been talking about for a good long while, right? Um, it, it's commerce replacement. It is augmented oh, yeah. information coming to you for decision-making, subscription-based kinds of stuff. Well, the, the, and, and the key thing that people, when they see these numbers and they get skeptical, uh, the commerce replacement one is yep. the key, right? It's not all new right money. it's it, it's a it's shift. shift it's a mm-hmm. lot of shift from other areas so so i i do think there's lots of money to be made uh some of it we shift and some of it will um do. so we have a quick hitter from tech radar this is i, I think andy was the one who found this one because naturally yeah. you know andy um of course <laughs> you want to play doom in minecraft well you can do that you just have a pc inside of minecraft that is hooked up to play doom it w- wasn't there also a, a um a minecraft where you could play minecraft inside of minecraft yeah someone created a computer that could run minecraft in yes. minecraft to host a computer to play minecraft yes. in minecraft to host a computer Turtles all the way down. Second time for those of you catching that phrase today. So um, cool stuff. Um, and, and Andy, love, love yeah. that. Um, that's a great way to see Doom um, in something other than <laughs> other than some small electronic device with limited compute power. Um, another link that hit our radar t- this week, um, and we're going to be close to time on this, but we'll talk about it, is yeah. something called Habitica. Habitica? Habitica. Habit, I-C-A. And this is a gamification of motivating yourself to achieve goals. Well, you might have a boss battle yes. you can enlist your friends with. You might have uh, a, a particular piece of treasure that can be achieved when you unlock certain characteristics. And it's a whole range of, of RPG-type playing, uh, role-play gaming kinds of app, um, activities to gamify whatever it is that you want to. So right. uh, this this was kind of cool, and then Michael, you and I right before the show were like, "Haven't we seen this before?" Yeah, wait, this sounds yeah. so. Familiar. And what did you find again in episode forty one? Episode forty one of a little podcast called Games at Work Biz. We talked about Habit mm. RPG, uh, which is now branded Habitica. Habitica. So it only took them nine years uh, to go from. Uh, you know, our early re- mentioning of them back when they started up, I guess, uh, on um, in 2013 uh, to today uh, to get a second mention on the show. So if they work really hard, we, we'll talk about them next it, year. It just it just shows you the, the <laughs> they need to put a goal together and and maybe do a boss. It shows you the power of the games at work biz bump, doesn't it, Michael? <laughs> yes yes <laughs> boy that's that's something else so uh yeah check out episode 41 and go back and listen to us and see what we had to say about it already way back when and there's a reference in that particular show of vial in a vial how about that too oh, much yes. fun One of our for that sort episodes. of thing um so michael I, there, there's a couple of other things that are listed here but i i'd like to close on a thought uh, and that's the last link of our bunch. And I've often yes. thought about this, where the complexity of our virtual universes and our game experiences and our storytelling experiences, like the Marvel Extended Universe, like 
the Star Wars set of capabilities. By the way, Obi-Wan, I'm enjoying that a lot. Uh, like Lord of the Rings. Um, and Lord yes. of the Rings is, a, a, is an expansive, expansive universe where J.R.R. Tolkien oh, yeah. wrote all kinds of backstory and all kinds of more stuff. And this particular article caught my attention because it's like, are we about to go into a space and a place where the Tolkien, the Tolkien universe. extended universe? Well, I, I know we've talked about this before, and I believe you, you are a fan of yep. the Cimmerillion. Um, and uh, I, I've actually been reading a book recently called The Nature of Middle-earth, ah. which is a, 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 how many pages is this sucker? 400 plus page long book going through notes that Tolkien mm-hmm. wrote over the course of like 30 years that, were, that didn't end up in the Cimmerillion or other things as he explored things like the longevity of the elves, um, the the structures of his languages, uh, the the relationship between the different races, etc. So, so this is like the backstory of the backstories. Uh, so, you know, it's it's almost like there's a story and a backstory, and that has a backstory, and that has a backstory, and it's backstories all the way down. Uh, <laughs> So I've I've really been been enjoying this. Uh, my my wife got this for me uh, earlier, and um, uh, right now, here here's a title for okay. a chapter: Elderin hands, fingers, and numerals. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's just do another one from the statue of Finway and Miriel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so it really goes into calculation of the increase of the Quendi. These are all articles that he wrote on pieces of paper to explore the thoughts behind the ideas that would become the components of a story in the Cimmerillion or a three-line phrase in uh, The Hobbit. (laughs) Wow. Boxes of papers were netted. Yep, into and there's probably more more to come. That's the only what's been curated thus far. Exactly. So, uh, with that team, I think we need to end right here. Uh, hopefully, you've gotten something cool out of WWDC, and you should check out Michael's blog posts because there's even more detail there to give you some more insight. Uh, you don't have to spend eight hours a day for the next week to get there. He's done it for you. I've done it for <laughs> so <you>. check it <laughs> out uh, and come on back again for our next edition of games at work.biz. We'll be back again next week with a whole range of other shows, story titles, uh, and maybe a little more children of her Huron coming into play too. Who knows? Could be all that. Who knows? Thanks everybody for joining Sounds us. Good. And thank you for listening. See you next time. See you. You've been listening to games at work.biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz. Music.